Gracious Heavenly Father, you are the everlasting God, and we thank you for giving us your everlasting hope. We praise you for revealing your everlasting hope to us through the birth and death and resurrection of your eternal Son. Your everlasting hope not only saves us from every, every temporary delight and disappointment, but also sanctifies us for the ever-truthful love. Comfort us and strengthen our faith with your words, now in the conviction of the Holy Spirit. In the most meaningful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 3. Chapter 2, I'm sorry, chapter 2, 1 and 3, I'm sorry. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 and 3. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Today's passage starts with therefore. It means that Peter was making a conclusive application from his previous passage of a fourfold exhortation. Do you remember Peter encouraging the Gentile Christians to hope and to be holy, to fear God's judgment, and to love one another deeply from heart? Peter was telling us now, how we can have a living hope and holiness and reverent fear and genuine love today. That is to seek God's words like newborn babies who crave pure spiritual milk. In this short passage, I find the three critical calls of God that challenges and comfort us in our faith journey. So one is a, a precarious condition, our precarious condition like a newborn baby. Number two is a powerful comfort of God's words to nourish us. And number three, progressive commitment and goal of a Christian life. Let me start with the last call first. Peter tells us to grow up in our salvation. Grow up in our salvation. What does it mean to grow up in salvation? Salvation means a right relationship with God. When you have a relationship with someone meaningful and magnificent like a God, you cannot be same. You cannot be stay same. You want to be like God. That's why Peter added a statement in verse 3, Now that you have tasted, the Lord is good. When we taste something good, we want more. We don't want to taste uh, our taste with uh, something else, but with the good, we want more with the same good that we once enjoyed. Salvation cannot be just a one-time amazement. We don't just sing amazing grace with a profound emotion and forget about the whole thing as a good memory in the past. Real amazing grace changes forever our taste of a life and goodness. It makes us crave more, if I use a Peter's language here. But a sad fact 
is that like Peter's time, now we have many believers, or so-called Christians or evangelical Christians who are not growing up in salvation but staying same even after meeting Christ. That's, that's not normal. That's even offensive. How can we not grow up when we encounter the creator of a uni- creator of a universe? Now as our personal savior, who sacrificed himself for our life. Don't we want to know him deeper and follow him closer than anything and anyone in our life? For me, salvation is an addiction to divine grace. It can never be a concept or religious dogma that I can wrap it up and put aside or compartmentalize it as my private devotion. Saving grace of God and Jesus becomes a fire in our soul that burns all malice, all deceit and hypocrisy and envy, anything impure in our heart. I want to be faithful to my Savior. I want to be sacrificial and serving like my servant king. That should be the goal and commitment of every Christian. That's what Peter calls us to grow up in salvation. For this spiritual progress and commitment to grow up salvation, Peter tells us to recognize now the call number one, our precarious condition like a newborn baby. Peter says, we are not strong and mature like an adult when it comes to spiritual life. When it comes to spiritual life, you and I are desperate and destitute like a baby. Like Paul who said in the 1 Corinthians 10, 12, so the one who thinks he's standing firm should be careful not to fall. Peter tells us that we are not that strong nor standing firm. Peter, more than anybody, had many experiences of falling down, especially when he thought he was standing firm better than anyone. He knows how unstable and inconsistent human beings are more than anyone. Without God's help, We are nothing but wandering sheep and precarious newborn babies. Now, the key point of today's Peter's message is that we need to drink and feed ourselves with the words of God like hungry babies with their mother's milk. As some of you know, Peter was a married apostle and perhaps a father. We are not sure about that. We all know how ferociously and ruthlessly babies cry and crave for mother's milk. When babies are hungry, nothing will keep them quiet except the milk. They are not easily swayed or pacified. They demand with determination. They cry without ceasing. They tell you their need is above and beyond anything and everything you need to do. Their craving calls you to stop everything and attend to their need. That's the attitude that Peter tells us to have when it comes to God's word. Why? Because God's word has a powerful truth and saving wisdom for us. Here the Greek word for pure and spiritual milk, the word for the uh, spiritual is actually logical, reasonable. Bible not only comforts our heart, but nourishes our mind and uh, our soul. There is no such thing as a saturation point in Bible learning. 
Charles Spurgeon once said, Nobody ever outgrows the scripture. Nobody ever outgrows scripture. The Bible widens and deepens with our ears. I love that. That's so true. Bible becomes wider and deeper as the years go by. I read the Bible when I'm sad. Not because it confirms my feeling of sadness. I read the Bible when I'm sad because it challenges me to think a new way about life. The same can be said when I'm hungry and when I'm frustrated, when I'm depressed, when I'm confused, and so on. When I read God's word, it changes my outlook on life. Let me conclude our daily breath today with a story about my, one of my professors at Princeton Theological Seminary. And uh, I share it as a testimony because that's a, one of the few things, yes, few things, I'm very grateful to God for sending me to Princeton Theological Seminary. By the way, I don't recommend the Princeton Theological Seminary to everybody. It's only few. Now, Professor Sangyan Ni was the first Asian American a chaired professor at Princeton Seminary, and I took a class uh, uh, with him. He was a PhD from Harvard Divinity School, and more than that, he was a student of H. Richard Niebuhr. My goodness, for me, he is the, the most important American theologian. And uh, upon his recommendation, he studied Jonathan Edward and his dissertation on Jonathan Edward became a book, a seminal book, a study on this uh, a great New England American theologian and pastor. So he became a world-renowned expert on Jonathan Edward. And also he was a pioneer of America, Asian American theology. Now, Sangyeon Ni, he was a son of a Presbyterian pastor from Daegu, South Korea. And his father sent him to U.S. when he was in the junior high school. So he always thought about returning to Korea one day. And plus, you know, he, 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 is, he has uh, this incredible uh, recognition in America as well as in South Korea. So many in South Korea ask him to return whenever he, is, he wants. And, he, you know, he enjoys this accolade and so forth. So... One day, he thought he was returning to South Korea. Then something unexpected uh, thing happened to him. His precious only daughter became ill. And then suddenly she died. And it was, he said it was the lowest point of his life. Yes, he said it was the lowest point of his life. And after burying his daughter, Sang Ni had a change of mind. Somehow he thought, I cannot leave my daughter buried here and myself going to Korea and enjoy my life. So that's when he decided to live in America till death. He decided to be buried here. And then he felt sad and even depressed because he, even though he lived in America all his life, he never actually embraced his status in America as a so-called hyphenated 
American. Do you know that? That other than white Americans, the rest of us are called the so-called Asian hyphenated American, African hyphenated American, Latino hyphenated American. You know, we are all hyphenated American. This out of place or liminal feeling lets Sang Hyun Lee to depression. So you know where he say he, he thought, when he says he's a Korean American, he said, "Oh yeah, I have a home country to return." But now that home country is a hope of returning to home country is gone. He was very uncomfortable about his so-called immigrant American status. So that led him to read a Bible. Of course, as a seminary professor, he knew the Bible. But as a Christian, as an individual naked soul, he said he read the Bible more intensely, more prayerfully, more existentially than ever before. So he, been, he said he read the Bible all over again. And in the gospel, he noticed something about Jesus that he, he didn't notice before. He didn't see before. That was Jesus being a Galilean Jew. Those of you who took the, my Livingstone Bible study know the importance and significance of Jesus being a Galilean Jew. So I will not repeat here. When Sang Hyun Lee found the Galilean Jewishness of Jesus, he said he could finally accept his fate or his destination, his call as a marginalized American. He could embrace his immigration status with a confident faith in Jesus Christ, who are not only immigrated, but incarnated into our world. The words of God can meet the craving our souls. It can satisfy our heart and mind more than any wisdom and comfort in the world if we seek it desperately and humbly like a craving baby. Once again, whether you are a Princeton Theological Seminary professor or just a, a, a member of the church like a forest, we are all like a newborn baby. We need God's word every day, every moment of our crisis. In our country, need a God's wisdom and comfort from his word more than ever. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, truly your word is a lamb for our feet and light unto our path. Heavenly Father, in midst of all these political divisions and again the pandemic and economic crisis, we need your word more than ever. Help us to crave for your word. Help us to crave for your truth more than any ideology or political vision in this world. Help us to crave for your wisdom more than any wealth in this world. Your words never fail to meet our need and nourish us and bless us. Help us to grow in our salvation with your words to glorify the most wonderful name of Jesus. In the name of the incarnate word, we all pray. Amen.